We have made it to the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Somehow, some way. It's been quite a year. And even then, we still have five more days left. <laughs> it's not. It's not over quite Till yet. It's over. Yeah. Uh, but of course, you know what that means. At the end of the year, we got one last thing to do. One last thing to wrap up. Mm-hmm. To put a bow on this year. Mm-hmm. And that's to celebrate the best games of the year. Yep. Yay. This is what we're doing today here on episode 209 of the Seasonal Anime Checkup OVA. It's a podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, and manga. Hello, I'm Jared, joined as always by Doc Allen Ladium. Hello. It's time to determine what game gets to be the game of the year. Uh-huh. This is the sixth annual Seasonal oh. Anime Checkup Game of the Year Awards. I think the fourth time we've done it on the podcast. Yeah, wow. Wow, look at us. Look at us. Doing things annually, repeatedly. Exactly. Uh, of course, if you have listened to previous incarnations of this episode, you'll know kind of how we do things here. We will mm-hmm. give out some supplemental awards to begin with, and then we will go into our lists until we reach number one and discuss our games of the year. Mm-hmm. Of course, this year is a little bit different as well. Because we have the first inductee. Yes. To the Seasonal Anime Checkup Hall of Fame. Woo! Gonna play that Hall of Fame song. Hall of Fame. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, let's dive into some awards first off. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go first because this 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 first this first award really doesn't have a lot of like, you know, explanation to it. Okay. It's very just straight to the point. Okay. 2020's best game about family. Oh, no. I know what this one is. <laughs> and of course, the award goes to Fast and Furious Crossroads because Woo! it's about family. It's all about family. It's they, all about family. They got a new family now. <laughs> that game was hilarious <laughs> to watch with you. Uh, as soon as I, I, I played that game, I was like, "This is that's an award I'm going to put in my game of the year. I appreciate that, honestly. Because that is silly. That is very silly. Wow. Wow. Like I said, doesn't need an explanation. That's just you know, no. It doesn't. That's it. <laughs> uh, so I guess I'm up next. Yes. Best re-release. Uh, no one's gonna be shocked by this. Tokyo Mirage Sessions. I'm kind of surprised. Really? Because I thought it might, if you're going to best release, I thought you might go with a Xenoblade Chronicles. Well, that will show up at some point. Okay. There, there's some explanations, but okay. Tokyo Mirage Sessions is my best re-release. Uh, okay. This game still freaking rules. Mm-hmm. Um, it's super fun. I'm glad that like all the functionality still worked on the Switch. Um, we got the new songs that were rad. Um, it, it was. It was awesome. Like, I love this game so much. I was glad to get to see everybody again. It's a very good game. Very good game. I'm glad more people can play it. That is now, so it's now, since it's now not on the Wii U. Yes, exactly. Give it, give it some more life. More people can understand the greatness that is Subasa. Yes. Uh, up next, we have Best Old Game, which is a... a a dual award that we both have. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to allow you to go first. 
Okay. Um, I actually could not pick just one, so it's best old game slash S. Okay. Um, Trails in the Sky, first chapter, second chapter, the third. Um, I played all of them this Makes year. Makes a lot of sense. Yes, it, it definitely does. I played all of them this year. Um, you can't really separate them out um, because they're all highly, highly connected. Um, they're so good. Like It's just masterclass storytelling. Uh, characters are just amazing. Uh, and it was also really, really neat to see foreshadowing to the stuff that happens in Cold Steel. Um, and man what good games good games good games like i said not a surprising pick there from you um mine actually might be a little bit surprising okay uh i went back a, a few more years from you okay like about a decade or so mm-hmm. and i chose bs zelda no densetsu initiate no sekiban nice aka the satella version of the legend of zelda stone tablet game yeah. actual subtitle is in English. That was fun. That is a very weird game. It's a fun game. Um, it's the unofficial sequel to A Link <laughs> to the Past. Yeah. And just being able to play like a new version of A Link to the Past, which is a game I've grown to really have like a, a good appreciation for over the last couple of years now. Um, and just seeing like a yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and seeing like just like a different version of that game, like seeing it remixed in a weird way that's that you're just not accustomed to, like n- not a whole lot of people are accustomed to. And you got to be uh, the youth. You got to be the youth. The youth. And just seeing how they would implement like that formula, that gameplay into the Satellaview style, where it's like you know you have this rigid time limit, you have to maneuver around and have to figure things out and do things on the fly more than just being like, well, I can take my time and do and this. And like this, certain this. events are scheduled for certain parts, right? Of exactly. This and- and also, it gave us our great memes that we we keep bringing up about the fortune teller. It's very good. It's very good. That game is just so weird and interesting that I'm glad we we were able to very to experience it for the first time this year. And yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's very, very good. Very very good. Uh, up next, I have best anime game. Okay. And that's going to go to Love Live School Idol Festival All Stars. That game's good. That game's good. That's that's all I'm going to say about that game for now. For now, yes. Um, so does that go to me? Yes. I have best moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is from a little game called Trails of Cold Steel 4. Okay. And what I picked is... Do we the... need a spoiler warning? Yes. Okay. Hey, by the way, if you're there's going to be spoilers throughout the rest of this podcast, so just be, be fair warned about that. Yeah. If you're talking about something, maybe skip ahead a couple minutes. Yeah. Um, so what I picked is, uh, the Reen and Toa short love confession. That's a good one. It is a really good one. Like, I, I think if I, it's not even a question. Um, I think that Reen and Toa are like the best couple in Cold Steel. Like, I really, really like those two together. I think that they have a good dynamic. I think that she's able to really like rein him in a bit more. Um, it's great. And then like this entire time he just goes in, like, I'm going to confess my love to you, but just make short jokes. And she, one reacts as you would hope she would. And two is finally just like, you know what? Because you did that, you got to come down here. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I love this. I love this so much. Like the entire scene was just like very endearing and funny. And it felt, it was, it was a great 
like cap for cap off ending for these characters because like I've shipped them so hard for this entire series. Yeah. Um, so I was very, very pleased with this and I really could not have hoped for anything better than this, this short love confession. And she gets a smooch. Good for her. <laughs> well, I believe that leads us into our next award, our next mm-hmm. dual award. Yes. Biggest or most disappointing game of 2020. And I feel like we're both going to have the same answer here, actually. I'm interested. Uh, for me, it goes to Doom Eternal. It also goes to Doom Eternal for me. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This game was not Oh, good. man. It's not a good game. It's, yeah, like, Doom 2016 is just so it, it rules. good. So snappy and everything. And just, like, it was just a breath of fresh air for this franchise. And then Doom Eternal has just, like, so much of, like, this momentum going into it from coming off of 2016 and everything that it might set the, the bar a little bit too high for it, where it decided to go more into, like, you know, longer, deeper levels, a lot of platforming, a lot of just, like, weird hard enemies for the sake of having weird hard enemies. Which, I mean, that's, that's Doom, but, like, that didn't mean they were fun enemies to fight. Yeah. And, I mean, it just really stupid it was super stupid the way that they handled it and i it made me sad it was very much a bummer going throughout all of that game just being like man what if i just played doom 2016 again yeah <laughs> that game was fun but yeah that was a, it was a big uh big old disappointment of this year because that was, uh, I think, one of our most highly anticipated games of the year coming into 2020. Yeah, it absolutely was. And then it just became this. I was like, ooh, God, mm. what have you done? Yeah. Well, do you want to give uh, your next award? Yeah. Um, this is a little of a tangent award, but um, I have a Best Anime of the Year um, award. And again, this is going to be shocking to no one. Uh, it is my next life as villainous. All routes lead to doom. That makes um, sense. Yes, I had no idea what this was about. My friend Hannah um, sent me a text message. Was like, "Hey, there's this Atome anime coming out, and I think you'd be really into this." So I was like, "Oh, okay, I am interested." And I watched it, and it was just super fun. Like, I loved all the characters. I loved the story. It was it was just enjoyable to watch every week, and it made me really happy when. Like everything was kind of burning down around me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is this is great. I'm looking forward to like the the next stuff that comes out for this. I've been reading the light novels and they've been fantastic. So I got really really into this, and I'm I'm happy that I got introduced to it this year. Mm. The anime is good. It's very good. Well, I will give out my next award. Okay. And that is for Best Jared and Now Co-op Game of the Year. Woo! Um, of course, the uh, the caveat for this is, you know, it doesn't have to be a game coming out this year. Just, you know, yeah. it's a good game we played this year. We played this year together. Yeah. Uh, and I'm giving that to A Way Out. Ah, that was a really fun one to play together. That was a, a fun, enjoyable experience considering that's a very, that's just a co-op only game. You have to play that co-op. Um, we got to deal with some brothers. Brothers. Some brothers dying. <laughs> Uh, and just like have just a goofy time throughout that game because that game allows you to have a real goofy time. 
Yeah. It, it is very much a game that like we talked about this when we did the podcast for where like it's a game designed that like lets you kind of have freedom to kind of have like chaos as a co-op game where you can kind of do like just weird stuff throughout it. And it's got all these like little sprinkled mini games throughout where it's like, you want to go do this little weird side thing before you head off to this next story beat? Well, you can go do that if you want. Cause sure. Why wouldn't you want to do something goofy in a co-op game? Yeah. I mean like play connect four or whatever. Yes. Play basketball. Dunk on your son. Dunk on your son. It's the only way to do it. <laughs> that game was a whole lot of fun. It was really fun. I agree with you entirely. That was a lot of fun to play. Yes. Uh, well, I'm going to give out to my next award as well. All right. Do it. Do it. Do it. And that is Strangest Game That Made Me Become Better at a 35-Year-Old Game. <laughs> and, of course, the winner, Super Mario Bros. 35. All right. Uh, yeah. That game is still very weird. We talked about that when we did the pod, but where I was like, I don't know if I actually like this game or not. Yeah. Um, but it did make me real good at Super Mario Brothers. Nice. <laughs> it made me play. It made me understand the strategies and how to get around those levels a lot better than I had previously. So, uh, that was a a big help, and you know, like it, it helped me today beat Super Mario Brothers for the first time. Which I saw on your Twitter. Yes. So there's that. Nice. That's awesome. Um, did I already do best surprise? No. Okay, so best Your surprise. Your last one was best anime. Yes, best surprise. You ready? Yes. Death Come True. Ah, yes. Yeah, this game, like, had a stealth release. It just came out and we're like, oh, hey. So, like, it's surprising in two different ways. One, we just didn't realize it was coming out until it came out. And we're like, all right, we should probably get this. Yes. Um, And two, it was surprisingly really good. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a very enjoyable experience. Um, I, I'm actually going to talk about it a bit more later. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, go ahead and give out your final supplemental award. All right. This one, this, this one, this one is very specific. Okay. Um, best game that I didn't play but still deserves recognition as a good game. Okay. And that is Yakuza Like a Dragon cool um i've never played a yakuza game ever in my entire life i didn't really know anything about them other than like i worked in a game store and saw them and then like you liked them and i saw some of the shenanigans that you got into like um, throwing a baby like throwing the a ocean. baby in the ocean so if you don't do that that's just an owl suggestion <laughs> um and then I watched you play some of this, and it genuinely, like, I was interested in what was going on. Like, I really liked the characters. I really liked the story. I thought that it was a, like, well-put-together game. And I was like, huh, I'm into this. This is interesting. Like, I didn't play it, so I didn't feel like I could actually put that on a Game of the Year list. Yeah. But I feel like if I had, it probably would have made it. They, uh, they like, like, like I think we said in a lot of those episodes we've done about those games, like, they are really good at making good stories. Yeah, like, it was it was really good, and I honestly cared a lot about all the characters that I got to know. I'm like, wow, all right, all right. I'm into and you that. only, like, watched, like, the back half of that game, too, so, like, that's yeah. even more impressive. Yeah. Like, I, I felt like it was going to be unfair if I didn't give this game some kind of recognition, because it's legitimately very good. That's cool. Yeah. So there you go. I, I knew you'd be pretty stoked about Yakuza <laughs> getting on my list in some way. Yeah. Um, because it's very unexpected, but um, that game, that game really deserves some, some kudos. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, well, I will give my final award, and it's also very specific. Okay. It's Jared's best 2020 Final Fantasy fourteen moment. <laughs> and, of course, the winner is me getting way too deep into collecting parasols. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Uh, so they uh, they introduced umbrellas as a fashion accessory earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's cool. I want to have umbrellas. And then they put out a bunch more umbrellas. And I was like, I got to get all these umbrellas now. Um, also, I was, you know, very smart when they first dropped umbrellas the first day. I was like, I should get an umbrella. Oh, well, no, I don't have the things to get the umbrella. What if I just spend like a million gil and just get an umbrella immediately? <laughs> the the fun fact, the fact about that is that that first like umbrella you can get is you can now buy for like 5,000 gil. No! <laughs> Tragic. So I've also just like every time there's a new update and there's new umbrellas, I've gotten new umbrellas every time. I I have maybe like one of the rarest items in the game now, which is the the like the latest umbrella they put out, which you have to play this new version of triple triad to get through we have to win like 150 matches in it yeah you've been working on that for a while there is a let me see this real quick um there's a uh there's a website that kind of like like tracks everything that you can do in final fantasy 14 it's not exactly like exact per se because like it has to has to go off of like people who have like their achievements and all that sort of stuff like um public Mm -hmm. per se um, but the the achievement that you get for winning 150 open tournament matches on this website is owned by 0% of public characters who have it. Wow. And I'm a part of that 0%. Wow. Interesting. Um, but like it also says like 0.4% of people own the, the gold, the, the umbrella that goes with it. So I don't know how exact that is. Mm. but yeah like it's it's a very rare and hard to get thing because it's just like it's so much time and effort you have to put into it because also they only open up that version of triple triad every two hours and it's open for a half hour in oh that two God. hours time span so yeah it yeah it's a, it's, a, it's a bit of a grind but i have all the umbrellas in that game um do you do marine border parasol dances with it now? I wish you could do like dance. You just only get to hold it. You can't do emotes with it. So you ah, just it. lame. And that's it. Lame. So that's the one bummer. But like, it, it looks cool. And like, I can say I'm like one of the few people in that game that has all the umbrellas. Heck yes. So there you go. Uh, that leads us to our final supplemental award, and that is of course the inaugural inductee to the seasonal anime checkup hall of fame yay of course this is a prestigious award of course only given out to the best of the best yes uh games or any sort of media that exemplifies what we enjoy here at the seasonal anime checkup scientifically good scientifically good um i want to hand you the envelope Oh, okay. Am I am I announcing this? You're going to announce the 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 first inductee. Oh man. Um, so the first inductee of this uh prestigious award is uh Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. Well deserved. Well deserved. Very good. Very good. Wow. So proud of this game. Uh, that, that is a fantastic game. Are you one of the best soundtracks on the Super Nintendo? One of the best. Actually, my current ringtone is actually the boss theme from Mystic Quest. Good, good, yeah, good. Yeah, my brother found that out when my phone my phone rang in the car the other day. He's like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a game that just gets a bad rap for no, for no good reason. 
Yeah, I, I mean, say. like, it, it really doesn't deserve the reputation it has. Like, it, it, it is a simpler RPG, but that doesn't make that a bad RPG. There are worse Final Fantasy games. There are worse Final Fantasy games, and this is a fun one. Like, yes. it, it doesn't take a whole lot of, like, brain power to think about. You can get in. You could just amaze if you want to. Like, it does a lot of really cool stuff, and it's, it's a fun game. Mm-hmm. And... I have mentioned this before, but this is my gateway drug to get into JRPGs. And like, now we know where I live now, but <laughs> um, like I, this was my first real like JRPG, JRPG. And I was super, super into this. So thank you, Mystic Quest. You've yes. changed my life. It's, it's, a, it's a really fun game. It's got a, that great soundtrack. Like we said, mm-hmm. what more could you ask for? Not a lot. Not a whole lot. So, so, yay! Congratulations to Square for the being the first inductee into the Seasonal Anime Checkup Hall of Fame with Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. Yes. Well deserved. Very well deserved. Well, that leads us into the top of the the top of the top, the mm-hmm. list, the, the list. top ten, and the top seven. <laughs> I've returned to top seven, guys. Yes. Al is, of course, her annual top seven. I have the top ten. It's the best games of 2020 in a year where... 2020 sucked. Yes, but also a lot of games just didn't come out this year. Yeah, everything's been weird. And, like, I don't think... I feel like I just didn't play a ton of, like, the big AAA games, so... You don't think what? I said I don't, I don't think I played a lot of, like, the big AAA games this year. Oh, no, I I, de- I usually don't. <laughs> so that also kind of feels a bit weird, but... Uh, yeah. Let's, uh, let's dive into this best of the best, the top... Yeah. 10 and 7 games of the year. Yay! Uh, I'll go through my 10 through 8, and then you will jump in when we get to 7, of course, as we usually do. Uh-huh. Uh, number 10, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Okay, yeah. I expected this to be on there. Uh, I remember hearing a quote when this game like originally came out that Animal Crossing is, both at the same time, a 5-star game and a 1-star game. Okay. Because it does a whole lot of things that are great and it does a whole lot of things that aren't so great. But if there's ever a game that I think exemplifies 2020 and just kind of like is the poster child for the early days of the pandemic, mm-hmm. it's Animal Crossing. Yeah, that makes sense. There's a whole lot of time I spent in that game. And this game does a whole lot of like new stuff in particular to like, you know, expand upon the Animal Crossing formula and all that, where like the adding crafting and everything. There's just more stuff to do. Uh, around your island more customization options and everything um but then there's also just like some of like the weird quirkiness of animal crossing where it's like you know you're still tethered to time limits and all that sort of stuff and you can't do everything exactly as you want because like you if you want to do like oh it's march but i want to see the winter stuff like you have to go out of your way to like change your clock to see all this stuff and then even if you come back and have all that stuff your whole island might be messed up because you time travel and all that sort of stuff. Like, there's all these like weird quirks to it that can like make it so like you're just like, I don't know about this game. Yeah. But there's also a lot of good stuff about this game where you're like, man, this is a pretty good one of those games. Um, yeah, I feel like there's no better spot for this game than being at number 10 because I put a lot of time into it and I liked a lot of the stuff that I did in this game. But there's also just like, like, you know, I haven't played that game since like the summer. Yeah. So, but that's usually how I am with all Animal Crossing. It's like you, you play it for enough time and then you just fall off and then it's, that's it. It's in your rear view mirror. Yeah. It's in your memories for good. 
But that's my number 10. Number nine, and I believe this is also going to be a game on your list. These next two might be games on your list. Okay. Uh, Number nine, Death Come True. That is on my list. Uh, We talked about this. You talked a little bit about this earlier. Like it was, you know, kind of like a surprise launch, uh, this new Kodaka game, which, you know, we were not big on Danganronpa V3. So it was kind of curious. There was a curiosity to be like, okay, what's a new Kodaka game look like that's not attached to the Danganronpa series and everything? Mm -hmm. And the fact that this was just an FMV game as well made it even more interesting and intriguing. And to top it all off, just like how just fun that story was, how funky and everything that, you know, the gameplay and like just the acting in general throughout the whole thing was and just trying to figure out the whole mystery behind everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was just a a fun time and like a very, and a smaller package and all that, but like it still had like the, the good Kodaka feeling of like Danganronpa, Danganronpa 2 slightly in there, but like, you know, just done a little bit differently and everything just had like his, his touch was definitely on there. Um, Yeah. Like the acting is all purposefully campy and I like that. Um, It also has an interesting like ethical conundrum that you have to deal with that I was like, huh? Mm -hmm. Like I had to really think about that for a minute of like, what is actually the, the good ending of this game ultimately? Yeah. Um, and that's not something that like I was really expecting. And, and it's it's a super like interesting and fun game. And the the whole like looping system was fun. And you know, getting stupid bad ends where like I don't know <laughs> somebody did coke and now you're dead. Um, like it it, it rules. Like it 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 genuinely was a fun experience. It was a short experience, and I think that that was a good thing for it. Like yeah. it it didn't try to be more than it was. I agree. Also, just more FMV games in general. Yeah. I think that's always a plus. Also, the cast was incredible. Yeah. Yeah, like, holy crap. But yes, you're right. It is on my list. Uh, Number eight, Love Life School Idol Festival All-Stars. That is also on my list. I figured as much. Uh, This was a late addition to the list where this was not on the list yesterday. Oh, wow. This was a I'm falling asleep, but should I put All-Stars on the list instead of another game? <laughs> I should probably put All Stars on the list, actually. Um, All Stars, of course, is a free to play gotcha game. Um, I don't think the gameplay is as good as Squad of Festival, the original game, and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's fun to see like all those characters in 3D and see like the choreography they have attached to it and everything. Yeah. Um, but of course, like the the big draw to All Stars is the story, and the, the I think the story is, shines. is just great. Like it, it's a really good way to let Nijigasaki shine in a way that's different from the anime and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, introduces new characters that are fantastic as well. And season one just has like a very good arc to it where you have like just so much like dramatic moments in it, but all they all feel very earned and everything mm-hmm. until like you finally get to this climax at the end where like it, everything just feels like it pays off really well. I got so attached to the Niji girls through this and mm-hmm. that was exciting for me. Like I, I really got to know them and like, yeah, the game has some pretty big flaws. Like the, the team building is just atrocious. It's a nightmare. Yes. <laughs> um, and like, that is a big hit on it, but the story definitely makes up for it. A hundred percent. Like that story is super fun. And I yeah. just love the idea of like these little events where the characters are interacting with each other, where they wouldn't be able to canonically interact with each other. Like it's, it's fun. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yee. 
Well, that leads us to number seven. Would we you already like to, talked about my number seven. What would you like to name your number seven? Death Come True. Okay, well, there you go. Yep. <laughs> Yay! Uh, my number seven is Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. Ah! Uh, it's a game we talked about a few weeks ago, but... Um, Maybe it was a few. Did we talk about that a few weeks ago, or did we talk about that next? In the week? future, we're talking. We about, about we're talking about that future. next week, actually. Yeah. Um We pre-recorded that like a month in advance, so <laughs> that's, a, that's why it's a little bit confusing. Yes. Um, that is, of course, like a, it's a very smaller version of the original Spider-Man game that they put out in 2018, um, but the very more kind of just like focused in story and everything. Um, Miles is such a great character. Yeah, um, yes. That it makes it a lot more enjoyable and everything, um, and it's just a, it's a very good short experience. Like you know, you can beat it in like ten to fifteen hours. Not going to take a whole lot of time, um, and sets up a lot of stuff for the future of the the game franchise that I think are pretty intriguing in a lot of ways. Um, the only like I said, I think I'll talk about this next week. But like one of the the only kind of gripes I have about that game is just like some of like the villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff that ties to it it's like it just feels very one-dimensional and which isn't necessarily the most surprising thing considering a lot of comic book villains are. can feel and are one-dimensional in a lot yeah. of ways so that's a little bit of a bummer but like i liked a lot of this game it looks really good even on just a base ps4 considering it's a you, ps5 you get a game cat in well. a backpack you can have a cat in a backpack it's real good yes um, swinging around in New York, it still feels real good in that game. The music's um, good, you said. And the music's really good compared to I, I thought like, the music in Spider-Man 2018 was kind of disappointing. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. That game's real good. Yay! Number six. Yep, my number six. I want your number six. Paper Mario, the Origami King. Oh, yeah. That was a game. It was a game. Um, I have previously been a big fan of the Paper Mario series, and I am actually not one of those weirdos who's like, oh, man, it needs to go back to the way that it used to be. Like, it's never going to go back to the way that it used to be. But um, I I was not the biggest fan of the release before this. I don't even remember. Was it Color Splash? Or was this that sounds the, right. Um, I It just had the same charm. Which I think, to be fair, a lot of people were not big fans of the yeah, last yeah, one. They weren't. And um, so, like, I I admit that this game has flaws. Like, I didn't like the battle system a whole lot. Like, it was fine. I made it work. Um, but, like, I wasn't very good at it. So that was mm. an issue. Um, but the writing of this is fantastic. Like, it, it has the same, like, old style of Paper Mario writing that's just so funny and so charming and... Like, it even has some real emotional moments. I was like, oh, wow, that that hit me. That hit me in a place I was not expecting. Um, so it was, it was fun. And honestly, like, Luigi's played up as a, a, a joke character in this. But, like, Luigi is real MVP of Mario games. And I, I will stand by that. Like, he, <laughs> he is amazing. Um, and it also led to one of my favorite reaction images that I have of this year, which is the, I don't like, okay, I don't like that. Um, but it was a fun game and I played it for a, a good amount of time. I, I didn't like put as many hours as some of the other games that I played on this list. Um, but I had a good time with it and that was important in the middle of pandemic summer. Yes. Yeah. It's very true. Uh, my number six, if found. Ah, I like that game. It is a, that is a good game. Um, 
is a game you can play on your mobile device, your Switch, something with a touch screen, something like that. Um, I really enjoyed just like the the, the touch mechanics, mechanic. the erasing mechanic, because like it just it was something kind of interesting and novel to do in just like a phone game like that. Um, but like the the key thing here is just the story, mm-hmm. um, which I found just to be very intriguing. In like in a way that like it, it's specifically like you know the setting and the characters, which is like not something I'm super familiar with. Where it's like the early '90s in Ireland. Ireland, yeah. Yes. So like some of like the cultural little touchstones in there are like lost on me, but like it did have like a notation system though that was yes. really cool. That's like, hey, this is what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Um, spoiler but even alert! Then- before I cut it down to seven, this was number eight for me, and I just played it because I saw it on your list of games you played, and I was like, oh, I want to try that out. Yeah. So there um, we go. But even like even with that, like it's still like a very like it's a story that anyone can kind of understand about yeah. someone kind of trying to figure out who they are, especially when it comes to you know gender and all that sort of stuff. Um, and and rom and what romance? Yes, uh, it was just a very you know it's a it takes you by like an hour and a half, two hours to get through. But like even then, like it's this very self-contained, focused story that it was very enjoyable to me. That I just like remember just like laying in bed and just playing through that, that whole thing and just being captivated by it. Um, there are, there's a few things in the story that are kind of hit or miss just because like they kind of feel weirdly out of place at times. Yeah. But I think the the core main story of it is really, really good. and something that a lot of people should check out. Yes, I agree. And the art is also really, really good. Yes. Um, it's beautiful. 100%. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it would have made my list if I had had a top eight, but it, I do not have a top eight. You're you're stuck rigid to the top seven. Well, I had top ten last year. I did, but I went back to seven this year. Well, here. tell me about your number five. Um, we've actually talked about this, and we will talk about it in the future. Um, Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity. I am uh, somewhat surprised that even made the list. Um, it didn't for a while. Uh, so this game, I played it a lot and I had fun with, um, a lot of elements of it. Uh, it definitely has issues and we're going to talk about this next week, I think. Um, like it, it isn't fully a Musou game. It's not fully a Breath of the Wild game. Um, it's, it's kind of a weird, um. I don't, I don't, I'm trying to think of the balancing act, I guess. Um, it, it could have been better than it is, um, especially that soundtrack. God, God, that soundtrack sucks. Um, but I did have fun playing it, and I, I enjoyed getting to interact with these characters more, even if, like, it didn't exactly go the way that I wanted it to. Um, but I, I did really, really like hanging out with these characters again, and I also really liked killing tons of dudes. Uh, as you do um it's definitely a stopgap um for breath of the wild 2 and i know that i'm mostly talking negative about this but like there are really good elements of it there are um and it made my list obviously for a reason but uh yeah it is not a perfect game no um but it does have some cute moments and um my my shipper heart got some some good <laughs> good good fuel so that was good also link finally got real armor 
He finally got some like real armor, like not armor for his. <laughs> but, like, I mean, he did get that sort of, but like Link usually has some kind of like chainmail or something like that. He got like a full suit of armor here. I'm like, oh yeah, protect that boy. So that made me really happy. Protect that boy. Protect that boy. He's perfect. Protect him. <laughs> What's your number five? My number five. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. <laughs> I'm not surprised by this. Ow. Let me tell you about this little thing here. It's tell called, me about it. So here I am, doing everything I can, holding on to what I am, pretending I am a Superman. It's a song of the game, if you're unaware. Uh, uh, yeah. They tried to do... The, we talked about this when we did the podcast about it, but they tried to do a re-release or remake of Tony Hawk's 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Uh like seven, eight years ago, and mm-hmm. it was not good. Yeah. This is good. Yay. This is, it is, so it's not exactly like the same physics as Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 2. It's more in line with like Tony Hawk's Underground because there's a lot of like the same kind of mechanics you can do that where like, there's reverse, there's wall plants, um, a lot of the stuff like they introduced later on in the series are in this. But in my mind, this is how these games played. Yay. This is how good these games were. It, this <laughs> game is very good. Like, it's just so much fun to, like, go back and play through all of those levels that have been reimagined. Um, it's been up to for, for 2020 standards and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just so much fun. Like, these games just used to be, like, just so good. It's just so good. And then eventually, you know, they put out way too many of them and everything kind of fell off a cliff. But, like, man, it's, it's just so... F- so much fun to be able to play like a good Tony Hawk game again and even though it's just a kind of a a remake of the first two games like it's so so good and plus there's a lot of like that good soundtrack in in these games in this game as well so you get to you can just play through like this game and listen to the old soundtracks and even some of the new songs they put in as well, but like it's got all that old songs in there. It's it's real good. It's 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 a very good nostalgia trip that is also just like retrofitted to be for twenty twenty. Because mm-hmm. who doesn't want to play as like fifty year old Tony Hawk? I mean, I can understand why one would want to do that. Yes. <laughs> uh, of course. Also, this is it was weirdly like one of the first games that addressed COVID, so it was like yeah. also just a weird cultural touchstone in in a bizarre way. But but yeah, this game is just really really good and almost a bit of a surprise as well because like there was just every every opportunity for this game to come out and just be garbage yeah but it wasn't and that's good yeah exactly (laughs) uh al give me your number four game of the year uh we already talked about it all stars love life school idol festival all stars that is a that's a very high it is um and honestly the reason that I'm going to give you, and I I think you will understand this, is that, God, I love the Nijikasaki girls. Yeah, that's totally fair. I've I've really gotten to know them. I've really started to like them quite a bit. Like, we kind of knew some about them, but, like, I have gotten so attached to these girls. And, mm-hmm. like, there's not a single one in the bunch of them that I dislike. And, like, that's that's amazing. Yeah. Um. So it's just been a really, really enjoyable experience for me to just get to know them. Yeah. And so, like, that's why it's so high for me is just, I love those girls. Totally, that's totally understandable. Yeah. Also, cute outfits. Yay. 
even if I can't ever get them because <laughs> gotcha. I mean, your gotcha experience has been way better than my gotcha experience in that game. Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh. What's yours? Uh, my number four game is Hades. Ah, that makes sense. Uh, man. I, I don't, I never thought that, like, there would be a game that, like, kind of, like, took my interpretation and imagining of what, like, a roguelike was supposed to be and just dump it on its head and just do something different with it mm-hmm. where it makes it such, like, this game obviously is a roguelike, roguelike, whatever you want to call it, call it whatever you want, um, but just has so much narrative in it that it makes you, it makes you even more, like, motivated to keep going through runs, keep plugging away at it keep getting better and better at this game because you want to see where the story's going and everything you want to see you know what's what's the new what these characters are going to do what's what's going to happen once you you know get to this next area you get past this boss like what's 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 waiting for you ahead and you know usually it's harder enemies but also like you'll get more story regardless if you do well or do poor do poorly on a run like there's always a good incentive just keep going just you know, one more run. And, like, you know, obviously that's been a thing in a lot of these types of games beforehand, but I feel like Hades just does just that little bit more where it's, like, it's just it's just been draped in so much story that it's, like, you want to keep going because you want to play more of it, but also you want to keep going because you're, like, oh, well, I wonder what this character's going to say to me now that I've done this sort of thing. Or, like, what is this character going to do for me now that I've done this, this, and this? Um, mm-hmm. And it's just a new way to think about those kinds of games in, like, a way that I really hadn't thought was really possible before um okay real talk i don't like roguelikes would i like this game uh i think there is a mode you can put on to make it like less just like less roguelike yeah like i think there is like an easier option you can toggle on at some point interesting to make it less of a roguelike you mean yeah, like it's not it's- a get good game no it doesn't have to be no i'm just making jokes (laughs) um but like that's just the thing like this is probably the best super giant game that they've done so far and they continue to just like improve and improve and just make better and better games every single time out and it's just astonishing to see and that's great though like that's what you would want Mm -hmm. honestly like you would really want them to get better and better and better and i'm glad to hear that they are Plus, it's a game where they, this is a studio where they were like, we're not going to do crunch anything, so. Yay! They deserve awards! That's true. Yay! <laughs> uh, number three hit me. Oh, no, I went this time. What's your number three? No, you've been going first every time. Okay. <laughs> um, Pio Fiore, Faded Memories. Wow. Yeah. Top three Otome. Top three is an Otome game. Um, dude, you get to bone for the body of Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, how do you, how do you top that? <laughs> I mean, you obviously do because this is number three. But like, dude, I did not expect to like this game as much as I did going in because like, oh, 1920s mafia in Italy. Like, all right, I'll play it. I'm excited about it, but like, it's not really my ultimate jam here. Mm-hmm. But, like, I went into it and was like, I like almost every single one of these dudes. Even the guy that I disliked made me laugh a lot because he would just do stupid stuff like murder you when he was, like, trying to be romantic. <laughs> um, it was just a genuinely fun Atome game. Um, it was violent and wild and terrible things happened. But that Dante route, honestly, just 
chef's kiss, man. Like it's one of the best Atome things that I've done this entire year. And I was, there are some, there are some Atome things you've done this year. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was thinking, I was comparing it to like color cross malice unlimited. And I'm like, honestly, even though like I have more history with that game, I liked this one better. And I kept like tossing those two up. Like, where are these going to land? Where are these going to land? Then I realized like, no, it's got to be this one. Like, I had so much more fun with this one. Well, I am eagerly awaiting to hear about your number one game, Love Letter from Thethex. <laughs> Do not <laughs> slander me like this. Turbo does not deserve to be anywhere near the- <laughs> this list. Uh. I almost put, though, best surprise as how badly Turbo wanted to bone me. I almost <laughs> that did that. Been but I was- good. It would have been good. It would have been pretty good, but I didn't do it. Um, but yeah, this game was fun. And I I mean, it just goes full Atome. Like it leans into that Atome trope of like, let's just make things as stupid as possible. I'm like, yes, please. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. And I mean, like it, the body of Jesus Christ. It's so funny. And there's a cat, a cute little kitty. Just like that JoJo game. Just, yes. Same universe, honestly. Same universe. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy man. Uh, let's talk about my number three a game you've already talked about oh Jock is like a dragon yeah <laughs> I was hoping it would make your list I mean of course it was going to um, I was just really hoping it would because I was like this game honestly it, it, it rules I didn't even play it and it rules that story is just very very good obviously and and you know we talked about this when we did the pod, um, but you know this is the first game they are doing that is outside of the Kiryu saga, which the first seven games were you know all about Kiryu and everything. This is a new protagonist. It's a new gameplay style and everything. Like this mm-hmm. is definitely the most ambitious Yakuza game, you know, outside of maybe like Yakuza Dead Souls, which was a third-person shooter, or the the Yakuza game they made that's set in like feudal Japan that never came out <laughs> over here. Oh my god. Um, but they turned the Yakuza game from a brawling beat-em-up to a JRPG of all things that just references Dragon Quest all the time. It's perfect. And just sets you up with a bunch of new characters and everything, but still in the same universe. So, you know, it's got the familiarities that you're accustomed to, but like it's all sorts of different stuff as well. And just, man, that story goes places. And especially in that latter half, it's just, it mm-hmm. goes places. And each Ichiban just rules. Ichiban's so good. Mm-hmm. Like, he is a mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. character. Mm-hmm. He's really good. He's ride or die. Um, especially because, like, you know, this is his first his first game, and he's just, like, he just shines throughout it in a way mm-hmm. that sometimes that can be hard for, like, a, a character in their first game to really do. Especially um, with an established franchise like this. Yeah, totally, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just has, as well, just, like, how much he, like, is counterintuitive to the way Kiryu is and has been throughout this series like he's just like such a different you know protagonist and everything that it's it's also just inadvertently a breath of fresh air to this this series that's been going for you know almost 20 years at this point um that game is just so so good like Mm -hmm. I, I cannot sing the praises of that game enough like it's definitely worth spending like 70 ish hours in <laughs> because, like, it's there's there's so much to do and it's like also like that story just just always this is like bang 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 hitting especially near the end there and you get like trash bag man and perverts 
you do get some very weird um, <laughs> enemies. Oh man. Well, number two. Tell me your number two. Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. Um, I had a debate, as I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. if this counts as a re-release or if this counts as a new game. And what I decided is that it doesn't matter. It's my list. Um, <laughs> there you go. There you but, go. <laughs> but also, like, they entirely rebuilt this game for the ground up. Like, they cha- They did a lot of quality of life changes. They gave the whole new epilogue with uh, Future Connected. The whole like, new art style. It's a whole, well, that's what I meant. It was like they built it from the ground up in terms of like they had well, yeah. to redo everything. The art, yes, there's a whole lot that goes into rebuilding it from the ground up. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so overall, it's just like an entirely better experience than it was originally. And um, I was very happy to get a continuation on uh, Melia's story. I was real stoked to get like Riki character development with um, with uh, Nene and Kino in the, the epilogue. Uh, I also really liked them. They were great. Um, Ricky's a good dad. Um, yeah. Um, but I really like the new art. I really like the the new questing system. I love Xenoblade Chronicles. Everybody who knows me knows how much I love Xenoblade Chronicles. Like It's one of my top tier JRPGs of all time. And I was just so stoked to get to play this. And like it's all pretty. And it, it, it functions much better. I was so I love it so much. I love it so much. <laughs> I put uh, so much time into it. Of course, I mean that's just you in general with that game. That that uh that epilogue is uh, is real good. Yes, I it really is very, enjoyed very that epilogue. And uh, her new fun outfit. New fun outfits. Elia deserves better. She's she needs happiness. Yeah, and, and all she just keeps getting is sadness and hardship. Yes. Somebody happiness please <laughs> uh well number two number two I, this is a game you're going to talk about next Ha-ha! um the legend of heroes trails of cold steel 4 i just accidentally made like my text message sound you did you, <laughs> you did uh, this was a very hard choice to pick between this and yakuza 7 because you know they're both jrpgs i i i gave this one the edge i think mostly just because like Yakuza 7 does have some weird issues in terms of, like, understanding some of, like, the weird... Some of the issues it's trying to fight for, but also kind of is reductive about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was, like, the one knock against that game. Uh, Trails of Cold Steel 4, man. The the big climax to this just grand journey that this series has gone through. Mm-hmm. Um it's like the Smash Brothers of a JRPG where everybody's here. Everybody's here. You have like 40 plus characters you can choose to play as at some point, which is just ridiculous. Yep. But also narratively makes sense at times, and it's just so wild. Um, it just goes places. Yeah, and I mean it like- It really after, goes places. After what Cold Steel 3 left us with, I was just like, I need to know what's going to happen. And so like, I've been suffering- and I, I was real ready for this. And mm-hmm. like 2020 has been an absolute trash bag. So like I was holding on to my hope of this game. Like, oh man, I get to play Cold Steel 4 at some point in 2020. I can do this. I can get through it. I can get through it. I could do yeah. Um, 
and so yeah we got a we got an end to the class seven Erebonia arc and Reen's story and uh Yuna's story which I assume is probably not actually going to end um but yeah it's a wild game is is very very good and like all you chuds the music's great (laughs) um Yuna's great class the new class seven's great um Reen's still awesome like the the only real drawback on this is the the weird harem stuff yeah which that's just been a thing throughout this entire the 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 cold steel series yeah toa best girl um but yeah it it's as you mentioned, uh, spoiler alert, it's my number one. Um, what? what? I, I could never have guessed this. I mean, I know you probably expected this, but did you expect like any of the other ones? I'm just curious. Um, I feel like Hyrule Wars is the only one that I'm just like, I'm surprised that made the list at all. Yeah. Everything else, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. It it basically fueled my Zelda um, Breath of the Wild uh, needs a little bit yeah, longer. Yeah, I mean that's fair. Uh, but yeah, I I'm just so happy that Cold Steel Four came out and that it was good and like again the only real knocks on it are harem and the, the launch was a mess. The launch was a mess. Um, I still think some of like the Deuteragonist stuff is a little weird. Yeah, I can understand that. Um, um, at least you know like got to spread her wings a little bit more and not be completely backseated but yeah but like it, it ends on just some wild wild notes and we have some future build-up and like the fact that i was playing like the sky games so much is foreshadowed in the sky games that comes to exist in cold steel and mm-hmm. like holy moly there was some like 14d chess happening here and i was not expecting it it, it's again it's it's very wild that like a game such as this is able to pay off like storytelling that happened in a game f- from like 16 years ago yeah it was great it was so satisfying like the the game was just super satisfying for me and i think that's partially why it's so well it, it's number one for me. um because of that that And now the wait for Hajimari or the Crossbell re-releases begin. Or uh-huh. It and continues onward. Continues on, and then the new one eventually. Yes. Yes. But, oh, yay! Anyway, now you know my number one. What's your number one? I mean, it's the least surprising thing that this game would have been number one for you. Yeah, I I <laughs> knew you knew it would be that. Like, you could easily just pin that in immediately. Like, oh, what's number one going to be? Oh, it's Trails of Gold Silver. Yeah, it has not moved since I started this list. Yeah, I'm not in no way am I surprised by that. Everything else has shuffled around quite a bit. Yeah. Um and even some games that were like in the 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 didn't make it cut like some of that shuffled around in the list and out of the list and da 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 da. But this one stayed where it was the whole time. Mm-hmm. This one and Xenoblade actually, they both stayed where they were the whole time. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, that leaves us with one game left to talk about. What is yours? You do you have any idea what this could be? Um Do I have any idea what this could be? Cuz I feel like all of the the obvious ones are are off are on the list already. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, but um Hmm. 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 
Bighams. No, I have no idea. My number one game of 2020 is Kentucky Route Zero. Wow, you just were playing that. I was just playing that. Wow. This is a uh, this is a game that f- f- the first act of this game came out in 2013. Wow. The final act came out of, uh, in January, uh, along with like the the console versions of this game. I didn't have a whole lot of like knowing of what this game was about, even though it's been out there for seven years in various pieces and forms. Um, Kentucky Route Zero is a game about like Americana. It's about the like the Midwest. It's about the lower mid class. In essence, Kentucky Route Zero is a game about about people. And the, the the tragedies that capitalism befells on them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's a game that is very much like from the get go. It is about that, but it's very good and subtle about hiding that it's about just like the draws of capitalism just tearing you apart, tearing people apart, tearing just good people apart because of everything that it enacts on people. Mm-hmm. Um. Like it's in. It took me, I think, until like Act Three to really get an understanding of what this game was about, because there's a lot of like just weirdness surrounding it. Like there is, I, I believe, like the the developers kind of like have this like titling for the genre of it, of being like magical realism. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, a lot of this game takes place in like just this kind of like rural-ish or you know whatever you want to call it area of Kentucky, but there's also it takes place in this section of. Kentucky where it's on this call this this highway that's called Route Zero and Route Zero is like this very supernatural area that you have to like find a on ramp onto and it's not necessarily like just straightforward or anything and then like once you get there it's just like all sorts of like just weird stuff happens um there's like one of the characters you run into is like a child and he hangs out with a giant bird who helps him uh bring houses to a forest as you do as you do um a lot of this game is like about just like good character writing and everything because like there's there's a lot of characters you have in like your little your group um you first start playing as like this old man who's an antique delivery driver and he's like doing his last job before like the antique company goes out of business and he has to find this one address and people don't really know where it is but they think it's on the zero so he has to figure out how to get there and everything um eventually he runs into a woman who um whose family was killed in a mining accident, who has a cousin who's presumed missing and potentially dead, but is like a ghostly figure and everything. Um, You eventually run into that kid whose family basically walked out on him and became like homeless at one point. So he just like does his own thing. Now Um, you run into a pair of like androids who were basically created to be like factory workers, but then eventually kind of came into their own version of like self-awareness and just like escaped and are now like traveling musicians cool um it's just a lot of just like the just seeing people at like you know various parts not various parts of their life but just like seeing them and how they interact with like this idea that like there's this huge like power company that has kind of overtaken this area and just basically has done the capitalistic type things of like what they do they're just this huge corporation everything um you see how people have to deal with like you know how do i how do i figure out how to get through like debts and stuff how Mm -hmm. do i deal with like working through all that stuff do i have to like work myself to death essentially just to make ends meet (laughs) Uh. um 
it's just a lot of that. And perhaps like the most interesting thing about this game is that like it is a narrative choice game, mm-hmm. but is unlike any narrative choice game you've probably ever played. Okay. Because unlike, you know, a Life is Strange, a Telltale game, a Bioware game, where it'd be like, oh, you know, you have like these like two options and those are going to play into choices you make down the line. Basically, every every time there is a there is a narrative bit, you get to choose exactly what a character says. And essentially, you are kind of placating how these characters are, like what these characters do, um, how they interact with each other, and... There's never like a thing at the end of each act that's like, oh, well, you picked this choice and 90% of the character of players pick this choice. It's just like, no, this is just your story. Mm-hmm. This is how you are telling the story to people. Um, like it's a, essentially it's a choose your own, choose your own adventure game. Okay. I think like, I think the overall story is still basically the same, but you get to make it choose like, you know, what are these characters motivations and everything? What are they, how do they interact with each other? Um, you know, what do they say at this particular moment? Does this character say something or does this character say something? And it's very much, it feels like this is like your story you're cre- you're crafting in a way. And in a sense that like, I just haven't had a game like feel like that in maybe ever. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a very intriguing game that like, like I said, like it took me a good while just to kind of understand where it was going, like what it was really trying to say as a, as a, as a piece of media and everything. Um, but it is just so it's, it's really, it's really good. Like even just the way the game ends is kind of like leads you almost like speechless. Cause like it just ends. There's like, there's not just like this, something like, Oh, you've done this thing and now you get to do this and you've done it. Yay. It's just, that's it. This is the end. But okay. it's a game that ends in a way, like I don't want to get too much in the spoilers or anything. Because I, I feel like people need to just kind of like experience this game for themselves. But it's a game that obviously beats you over the head with like, this is how capitalism just affects people. This is how it tears people down. It wears people down. It forces them into the ground. But at the Wait, same time... <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but at the same time, you see in like the final act, just like people coming together and like working together in a way that like they have to because like this corporation is like abandoned them and everything. So they have to pick up the pieces after something happens and work together to, to figure things out. And in a strange way, like it's a game that ends on like this, this beacon of hope of like people working together to find a way to survive. That's not just them being like, just absolutely beaten down by capitalism, finding ways that you can survive and find happiness in a world that is suffocating you like this. And it, it's it's very like the way it ends is kind of like like I said it leaves you kind of speechless because like it's not it's a little bit different from how the rest of the game is because like you you have finally like this little bit of hope in you and it's like it just leaves you feeling just like oh my god like this is yeah okay this is how it ends like yes this is something I would want to believe in this is something I would want to fight for it is it is just an an incredible game you make me want to play it you absolutely should play this game. Everyone should play this game. Um, like I said, it's five acts. There are interludes in between that I think were like free downloads originally when this game was uh, on PC and everything, but they've kind of tied them all together in this package. And the interludes basically kind of have like more storytelling, but also kind of like a preview of like, oh, this character is going to be introduced in this next act or something like that. Okay. Um, 
and like some of them are interesting like one of them's like you going around like this museum of this this character's works of art that eventually gets introduced in the next uh act there's one where you are sitting in an audience watching a play of like events that are that have, that will eventually transpire essentially and like there's this one kind of interesting moment in there where like this uh, character who comes into this bar and is talking about how they don't want to keep paying for their parents like bar tab because like their parents are in debt and everything and they don't want to keep having to bail them out um but this person is also like a debt collector and they're talking about how like they've introduced like this new position at their job and they're now working it and it's like um essentially it's kind of like a type of like predatory loan Mm -hmm. and like the characters like says something to the effect of like you know and essentially it makes sense of why they my boss would put me out there because of how i look so i could entice more people that look like me to get these kinds of loans and it's like like that is in this game and it's just like you don't really expect video games to talk about like systemic racism and how it affects you under the the throes of capitalism right it's just there is just so many like little things like that in this game that just are very much kind of like surface wise are real f- and then just like subtextually are super f- but everything just kind of comes together in this game in a way that it just it works and honestly it feels like it's 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 storytelling that just doesn't feel like it's game storytelling and just feels like this should be like one of the most important games people play Mm-hmm. Like I can't say enough good things about it. Yay! Ah, <sighs> but yeah, people should play this game. It's real good. Like, there's a reason people have been just like beating this game's drum for seven years at this point. This is a game that was literally kickstarted in 2011, before Kickstarter became the the thing for games. So like, it got kickstarted with like a budget of like two to three thousand dollars oh wow and like you can kind of tell like some like the ways like act one has like just kind of like a very basic look to it and then once you get to act five it looks like a completely different game in terms of just like art design and everything and how it plays and everything like it's so wild how like how you can see a game's development just change throughout the course of a single game mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah this is the best game of the year by far Yay for you. Yay. I haven't played it yet, so I can't claim that it's a game of the you, year. Uh, you, should, uh, you should play this game. <laughs> well, yeah, but I haven't played it yet. So. Obviously, yes, yes. Um, What's it on? Uh, you can get it on PC, Switch, or PlayStation. I believe at the time of this recording is on sale as well. Oh. So, yeah. Neato. That's the that's the best games of the year. Yeah, we did it. We did it. We played some video games. We played some video games. Our list looks a bit different than uh <laughs> than the other lists that are the bigger lists. Yeah. Like I said, like I, we, neither of us really played a lot of the big AAA games this year, so. I mean, I don't think that that's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's just like that's just going to be a make this make both of our lists very different from everyone else. Yeah. But that's usually how these things go. Yep, yep. We uh we are we are, we are, we do our own thing over here. As we should. 
well. I think that puts a wrap on 2020. It does. Thank God. Wrap it up and throw it in the garbage. With the weird trash man from Yakuza. (laughs) Stuff them in there. Uh, Well, who knows what we will expect in 2021. That's a number we're going to have to start saying. Oh, God. 2021. But for now, that's that does it for for 2020. That does it for this episode. So if you'd like more from us, go to seasonalanimecheckup.com or sac.cool so where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like Seasonal Anime Checkup and Seasonal Anime. Nope, and that's this podcast. Seasonal Anime Checkup with Jared. Now watch. <laughs> Got it. Yay! You can also find columns and reviews on the site as well. If you want more from Anladium, go to anladium.com. She's got columns and reviews. Uh, there will be written versions of this podcast of our awards and everything on both of our websites. So if you want to check out some more words and everything, go check both of those out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash anime checkup. Buy our books, One Shining Moment, A Critical Analysis of Love, Love, Sunshine, and Hot Tubs and Pac-Man on Amazon.com. Mm-hmm. And you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash S-A-C-O-V-A. Buy us a slice of pizza. Get access to unedited versions of the podcast and bonus episodes that you'll only find there. Yay. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about some games. We are going to talk about some games. Some games we uh, we played a little bit earlier in the year. Uh-huh. Or I should say this month, I should say. This month. Um, we're going to be talking about Spider-Man Miles Morales, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, and of course, everyone's favorite game, Fast and Furious Crossroads. Yeah! So it's all about family. It's all about family. And what a better way to kick open 2021 than talking about <laughs> Just family. 